where were we in terrorism this year and where are we going to go next year? Hi, this is Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Russell, Ontario, Canada. You're listening to Quick Hits, short podcast about national security and public safety. I came across a really fascinating article in a science journal that I've been reading for a number of years now called Nautilus. It is in the um, issue 46, so in 2022. Article written by Kevin Berger, or Berger, uh, entitled, Are We Getting the Real Stuff in Popular Science? It's an interview with a physicist named Sean Carroll, and I won't read the entire article. But in response to a question that the journalist posed, where does popular science go wrong? An interesting answer came about, and it has an impact on our understanding of national security, or rather the public's general comprehension and grasping of the threat that we face. So where does popular science go wrong? Like popular anything or media anything, it can, sensa- it can sensationalize. It wants everything to be the latest and the greatest. The world has changed now with the internet. But it used to be that if you wanted to write something that would help explain some concept, you would need to, a news hook to explain it. Why would anyone care about science unless some, something had just happened? There's a, an ecosystem where researchers want to get attention. They want to get grant money. They have media relations departments at their universities. They want to overclaim what they do. And the journalist naturally must place some degree of credence in what the experts say. But you have to check against people who are not the ones doing the study, and you have to take their warnings seriously. The reason why I'm raising this in my uh, last podcast for 2022, by the way, is to provide what I think is some kind of partial explanation for how the public sees terrorism. Now, I'm talking about here in Canada, but I'm pretty sure it extends to most of the West, if I can be so bold as to, as to make that statement. We've been led to believe over the past, not just 2022, but I'd argue the past three to four years, that the single greatest threat from a terrorism perspective that we face is from the writ large far right, white nationalists, white supremacists, uh, neo-Nazis, neo-fascists. Some would throw QAnon in there. Others would put conspiracy theorists, accelerationists. Yeah, hell, some some even call incels terrorists. There was an op-ed piece in the Globe Mail recently that I will not link to this uh, post because I found it abysmal about how incels are our number one priority. And yet, I keep pushing back against this while fully acknowledging that the far right does in fact pose a threat, much more so than they have historically, at least here in Canada. They have morphed into something a little more capable, not a lot more, but a little more, and as a consequence, are receiving more attention from our security services. I know for a fact, based on my sources, which I know to be reliable, that CSIS has in fact increased its counterterrorism investigative resources uh, equally between Islamist extremism, jihadis, and the far right. And that's a good thing if, in fact, that's what investigations are showing. You want your security service to be ahead of the curve, not behind it. If those resources are being repositioned because of government pressure, that's not such a good thing. And that's a whole other podcast. And yet, kilo for kilo, as I've been repeating ad nauseum, I I do apologize for listeners who follow me, because you might think I sound like a broken record. For anyone under the age of 60, records what we used to play. I listened to music way back when, before streaming came along. 
in that if you look at terrorism from a global perspective, so not just Canada, not just North America, not just the Western world, and you look at the number of attacks, both successful and foiled, the number of casualties, both dead and wounded, the only conclusion you can draw as of late December, this is December 29th, 2022, is that the greatest threat globally from a terrorism perspective, and I, yes, I understand we can't agree on what terrorism is and what terrorism is not. This is a particular problem in our field when basic definitions have no accepted uh, agreement that jihadis pose the greatest threat. They still carry out the vast majority of attacks in the vast majority of countries and kill the vast majority of people. The far right, which is certainly a uh, risen in importance, as I just stated, uh, doesn't even compare to what the jihadis are doing. Not even close. Like, it's not even a rounding error if you look at the casualty count. Now, we don't have a final count for numbers of terrorist attacks and deaths for 2022, but I've seen some preliminary data recently, which suggests that there's been uh, well over 10,000 deaths from terrorism this year. Again, the murky definition notwithstanding, and somewhere north of 99% of those attacks and deaths were carried out by Islamist terrorists or jihadis, not the far right. And yet our, our headlines scream far right, far right, far right, far right, or the term that we use here in Canada, don't get me started, ideologically motivated violent extremism, or MVIMVE, which is the stupidest term I've heard coming out of the government in a long time, and that, and that says a lot, given this government. They're not even close. And no data is going to support you that argument. And yet we're still bombarded with op-ed pieces by self-styled national security experts, that warn us that the far right is the cat's ass of terrorism and jihadis are somehow a, a distant second, which is counter to what the data is showing us. And I've been reading a lot of analyses of late that are warning, you know, like U.S. CENTCOM saying, yeah, you know, ISIS isn't, uh, isn't gone yet. In fact, ISIS has been stepping, out, it's stepping up its tempo in northern Iraq uh, and Syria against Syrian defense forces, i.e. the Kurds of late. Uh, Islamic State affiliates in Mozambique are still beheading people. They're still quite strong in Nigeria. Uh, Islamic State in Khorasan is still killing Taliban and innocent uh, Afghan civilians in, in that country. I just saw a piece that says that perhaps Al-Qaeda also is not dead. And that perhaps the, the one of the groups that bears most watching uh, moving forward is Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, AQAP which is something that most people haven't even heard of. And of course, we have Al-Shabaab in Somalia, which the government claims is defeated. Well, we've heard that one before. And the list goes on and on and on. The bottom line here is, I, I think as consumers of information, we have to be really, really careful with uh, what we read, what credence we place in it, and what we view, or how we view, rather, the authors behind those pieces. As I've said again ad nauseum, there are a lot of people who self-style as security experts. And in all frankness, they are nothing of the sort. As the, the physicist that I just quoted in the article, uh, Sean Carroll noted, uh, researchers want to get attention. They want to get more money. They want to get grant money. And therefore they overclaim. That's exactly what's happening on the terrorism front. There's a lot of overclaiming going on out there. And I know for a fact that here in Canada, 
that a lot of the research money that the government of Canada, through Public Safety Canada, through its Centre for the Prevention of Violent Extremism, I forget what the acronym is, it gets far too many letters, is throwing money at people, but if they only look at the far right, i.e. don't look at Islam as terrorism, which is some kind of decision that looking at jihadis is somehow Islamophobic, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. But if you read this stuff, uh, step back a bit and question who the people are. What's their background? Do they have any experience in national security or public safety? What's their data? What's their data sources? Have they looked at the data objectively, as objective as we can as humans? Does the data support their claims? Or are they, in fact, overclaiming? If you do that, you'll be in much better shape in terms of understanding the threat from terrorism. Again, not just here in Canada, but uh, you know, throughout the so-called Western world and internationally. So that's your task for 2023. In closing, um, I'm, I'm loathe to predict because I don't have a crystal ball, as I've said, and predictions are for fools because they often end up wrong. Although it's rare you see people admit they're wrong. It's, not, it's kind of curious, eh? But my only uh, thought for 2023 is a very simple one, and it's not really a prediction. It's kind of stating the blindingly obvious, i.e. terrorism is going to continue. Around the world in 2023, we will still see somewhere north of 10,000 deaths from terrorist attacks in dozens of countries around the world. The, the countries that dominate will be the ones that dominated in 2022, i.e. Somalia, Nigeria, Mozambique, Pakistan, which has been facing an incredible increase with the Tehriki Taliban Pakistan, the TTP of late, Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, Yemen. These are the, you know, the same old partners that we've seen many, many times over the past couple of years. I don't know where right-wing terrorism is going. It went nowhere in 2022. Um, there wasn't a single terrorism attack in Canada in 2022 that I can think of, at least under my definition of terrorism, which I take from the Canadian Criminal Code. Will it get worse? I don't know. My suspicion is it might, but then again, it might not. Anyhow, um, as I said, predictions are not for the uh, for people who take their reputation seriously. So I, you know, I'll leave it at that. Terrorism will continue, and the vast majority of attacks will be carried out by jihadis in 2023. And I'll leave, and I'll I'll stop there. I just want to say uh, thank you to all of you who provided me with feedback, both written and uh, when I talk to you on the phone. Uh, it's very heartening to hear that I'm resonating with some people around the world, not just here in Canada with my opinions and with my thoughts on terrorism. I try to be fair. I, I don't try to be dogmatic. I do have strong opinions, as you've probably noted, but I do try to look at things as objectively as possible. And when people say they like what they, what they hear and what they read on my website, uh, it means a lot to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your support in 2022. I look forward to your support in the coming year. I want to wish you all a, a happy new year and, and all the best for the coming year. And um, in closing, let's keep talking. Let's keep the dialogue going on, on terrorism, what it means, what we should do about it, how we should think about it, and how we should write about it. Anyhow, we'll talk again soon. I'd uh, love to hear from your feedback. You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com or on Twitter at borealisaves. You can also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like this content want to get more, go to the website, borealisthreatenrisk.com. Hit the subscribe button. You get access to all the blogs and podcasts free of charge. There's no subscription fee to download my material. Just a note that uh, my latest book, The Peaceable Kingdom, 
A History of Terrorism in Canada from Confederation of the Present is no longer available for sale for the simple reason that it's going to be republished in 2023 by Double Dagger, which is a publishing company out of Toronto. So I'm suspending sales of the book pending the uh, arrival of uh, a new edition, slightly changed, mostly the same. And I'll keep you informed as to where you can get that once it's available. Anyhow, folks, uh, all the best for 2023. You guys uh, will talk soon. Until then, take care.